It's a new day and abundance is here. My name is Bisola Miriam and I'm really excited to be here. Today I'm talking to you about attachment styles. I'm talking to you about attachment styles. Today is day 36 of my 60 day series. Whoa, we've got 24 days to go. Breathe. We're getting closer, right? And we're going to end the series pretty much very soon. So basically today I'm talking to you about the different types of attachment styles because I'm a scholar, I'm a researcher, I'm going to talk to you briefly about the theory behind attachment styles. And what is the theory behind attachment styles? Basically there are different theorists but the very first person who you know, started talking about attachment styles was John Bowlby. And John Bowlby describes attachment styles as a situation whereby the relationship that a child has with a caregiver influences the relationship that that child has with himself, herself, and the rest of the world. So let me say that one more time. The relationship that a child has with a primary caregiver or caregivers influences the way this child has a relationship with people interpersonal setting, organizational setting, and otherwise. Um, um, and how this child also builds relationship with himself or herself. And so, there are different types of attachment styles according to different scholars. But for, well, some say there are four, some say there are two, three, but I believe that there are three attachment styles. And so I'm going to talk to you about the three attachment styles. I'll start by talking about two and then I'll talk about the third one tomorrow. So today let's talk about the secure and insecure attachment styles. The secure and insecure attachment styles. So the secure attachment style is that attachment style that shows that, oh, is the type of attachment style that a child has when the child feels safe, loved, nurtured, validated, and secure. So if there is a caregiver or a parent who is loving, present, caring, and attentive, and of course also sets boundaries, when this child does what is unpleasant, this parent knows how to punish or correct in a way that does not punish. And so the child builds, grows or building confidence and believing that the world is a safe place. People are good people. People are kind. Yes, people might not like you all the time, but it's okay for them to not like you. And it's okay for some people to like you. And so that child grows up feeling safe, feeling healthy. And you know what happens? Because of the safe or secure attachment style that this child has, based on the relationship this child has with the first caregiver, this influences the way the child shows up in relationship with other people, in friendships, and of course in dating or loving love relationships. And this also impacts the way in which, or influences the way in which this child, who would become, when this child becomes an adult, would relate with people, love, partner, and eventually children that this one-time child will then raise later in life. And so this is very crucial that we all know the attachment styles that we developed as a result of the relationship or relationships we had with our primary caregiver or caregivers. 
if you lived with a parent who loved you, cared for you, and was very, you know, present, you are more than likely going to develop that attachment style. If everything about your childhood and upbringing was healthy, it is not possible for you to suddenly develop an attachment style that is toxic or that makes you toxic. Something usually goes wrong when people who were raised in a very secure environment then become toxic. It is possible that the child had to later on begin to develop an insecure attachment style. Something must have happened. And that, is, that brings me to the point... That, that makes me think about another attachment style, which is the ambivalent attachment style. When, so, when a child who used to feel safe suddenly is no longer feeling safe, or a, a situation whereby the child feels safe or safe almost at the same time, or in, an inter, in, a way that inter, in a way that the secure and insecure attachments kind of interwoven. I'm not going to dwell on that. I'll talk about that tomorrow. The last thing I want to talk to you very quickly about is the third attachment style, which the second one, which is the insecure attachment style, which is really what I'm going to focus on as I wrap up this session. The insecure attachment style is when a child, a child feels, oh, um, I, I, I can't, I can't trust my parent. No, uh, I can, you know, so now this, you know, the child does not raise, it's the child the child does not fall from heaven the child has to be a child has to be raised by somebody and so the relationship that a child has with a caregiver if the caregiver does not you know help the child to build this the does not help the child in feeling safe does not make the child feel safe does not make the child feel loved invalidates the child and does all, all these negative things especially if the child is if the caregiver is narcissistic the child may grow would grow up feeling unsafe feeling unloved and this child will constantly want to fill that void because the the child lacks everything that the child was supposed to 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 enjoy okay and so because that nurture nurturing is absent that child grows up or constantly shows up needy even though the child might not even recognize it and so when i talk about the idea of broken child broken adults basically what i'm simply saying is if you add an insecure attachment style with a caregiver growing up think about the scenario if you had a parent who was not present or you lived in multiple homes Or you lived in multiple homes. When I say multiple homes, maybe you've been moved from one welfare home or one, you know, shelter or to another, one orphanage to another. You are likely going to develop an insecure attachment style. And even if you did not have that, maybe you grew up having several caregivers. You are likely going to develop an insecure attachment style. But if you had like a, a normal family without any form of dysfunction, which in this world, with the kind of people we are all over the world, it is not really likely that you grow up with a straight childhood, like nothing missing, like the meals and bone kind of tale. Or more, let's call, let's be real, Joe, like how many people on planet Earth 
today on planet Earth today have that kind of childhood? Not many, not many. And so think about how your upbringing has not affected the way in which you show up into this world. Some of us show up as people who want to just, you know, save everybody, take care of everybody, codependent, which is also a faulty personality. And some of us show up as people who don't really have care about anybody. They, you are just selfish. You don't bother whether someone is happy or not. That is because of the brokenness from the childhood of that person. So as a codependent person is broken, just like a, a narcissist is broken. And it is interesting that a codependent and a narcissist are two people with insecure attachments. Okay, so if you did not get the nurturing you needed, you may grow up trying being needy or trying to um, trying to just be there for everybody, right? Because you did not get that. So you have that savior syndrome. And you may also grow up because you were insecure as a child, looking to just take and take and take and take from everybody, okay? And the challenge here is this is when it becomes problematic. It becomes problematic when in relationships with other people, you are constantly looking to fill a void. So I will talk about me. I'll talk about my relationship with men or the people that I've, that I've fallen in love with. Most of the men... <laughs> How many men have I dated in my life when I say most of the men? So, for the few guys that I dated when I was even very young, of course, those were very, very brief relationships. I can think of two actual relationships. So, one was a secondary school relationship who didn't even get anywhere. And the second one was like a sudden relationship that wasn't planned for. But I think the very real relationship that I had was that secondary school lover boy of mine. And then the other one was with a guy who I had not I wasn't really sure I was ready, but everything was just kind of rushed. And when I got to school I it didn't take me a while to forget about the guy because there was nothing really, you know, intimate about the relationship. It was just like um uh, somebody feeling a void and using someone to also feel a void but when i think about the relationship that i had with my ex which lasted for almost a decade or a decade as the case may be i'll say a decade i must say that i was someone who was broken who had you know this insecure attachment style because of my childhood because of my upbringing so my fear in the relationship was I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to be abandoned. Why? Because I did not have the love of a father. And so even though this person was not matching up to my expectation, was not validating me, taking care of me, the way in which he started when the relationship began, even though after a relationship and I started seeing things I didn't like, I could have walked away. Guess what? I did not walk away. Why? Because of the insecure attachments style that I had. And because I did not have a relationship with myself, I had not taken care of myself, I had not healed my own broken child, guess what? The relationship was not good for me and now I'm just realizing it. And that was because, that I, and the truth of the matter is, this person is not the problem. The problem is the broken child in me 
who then got attracted to another broken child in an adult's body. Does that make sense? And so I think it is important that we know. So these are the things that I want you to think about as I wrap up. Think about the relationship you had with your primary caregiver. Did you love this caregiver or did you hate this caregiver? Think about the relationships that you now have with people. How do how did your relationship with your caregiver? How does it how does your relationship with your first or primary caregiver? How does that you know interact or intersect with the relationship that you have with people today? Do you constantly see yourself falling in love or getting attracted to someone that is in every way like your primary or first caregiver so maybe you had a father who was very toxic do you constantly see yourself falling in love with women or significant others that are just everything like your pop do you see are you the type who had a very toxic mother who was just not present and because of the insecure attachment style you developed from that relationship with that mother you constantly see yourself attracting friends who only take from you or who never give anything. All they know how to do is to take. Or do you find yourself actually falling in love with women who are everything like that mother you, you don't want to think about? That mother you have not forgiven. That dad you have not forgiven. Or that uncle that you hated so much because he abused you or that sister that you hated so much because she abused you and guess what what we resist <laughs> most of the time we are trapped and so it is very crucial that you remember or think critically about the attachment style from your childhood and how that is shaping you and interfering or you know affecting or influencing the people you relate with in your interpersonal relationships with people, the kind of places you work and the kind of things you tolerate even within organizations, all of these things are as a result of the kind of attachment style you had as a child. It is very, very important that you think about everything that I've shared today. I've talked to you about the secure and insecure attachment styles. And um, I've also talked to you about why it is important that you know the attachment style from your childhood. And guess what? You have the power to change everything that was wrong or broken from your childhood because you are an adult and you can take care of yourself. There is nothing you can do about what someone did to you as a child. But there is a lot you can do about how you show up into this world. Let me wrap up by mentioning that the kind of relationship that I had with my ex was basically, basically because of the attachment style that I developed as a child. And my sudden attraction to another male was as a result of the attachment style that I had, an insecure attachment style. And so if you have an insecure attachment style, when you, somebody begins to validate you, you think that they are good people. But if you take out time, you get to know that they may not be good after all. 
and you may end up repeating a pattern that your child do, that your inner child is familiar with, meaning recreating in an adult or in another significant other the father you were resisting or the mother you were resisting or an uncle or a, or someone who played that role of a caregiver that you've been running away from. And I hope that you have learned something today. As I conclude, let me remind you that I am launching my book on the 31st of May and I'm really excited about it. So if you're watching this video in 2022, my book launch is just a few days away and I really would love for you to attend. You're attending RSVP, whether in person, coming in person or online, would not just help me publish my book, okay. I mean, use registering to come, it's not just in, I mean, would go a long way in helping me make my book launch truly memorable and even more, guess what? You registering and pre-ordering this t-shirt with a pair of Ankara shorts, like this I did for you shirt, which is in white and black, and in different sizes, you pre you registering for the event and RSVP in and pre-ordering this t-shirt, okay, means that you believe you're supporting me. And guess what? A percentage from every pre-order goes into publishing, into the publishing, you know, budget that we have for the year. The publishing budget for the book, I mean. And I really would love for you to not just RSVP, but also pre-order this match. And even if you cannot attend, either in person or online, you can still RSVP via that link and, you know what, pre-order this match so that you can be a part of this movement, the Idea For You movement. The idea behind Idea For You is I support you, I trust you, I believe in you, and this is the thing that we all need to hear. People want to be validated, right? And so even if you're just buying this just to love on yourself and tell yourself that, girl, I did for you. Guy, I did for you. Say that to yourself because your inner child needs to hear that more than ever before. Thank you so much for joining this session and I hope that you have found this useful. To register to attend my events, the book launch in 2022 or in later years, or perhaps to even become a publishing partner or, you know, just simply go to my website, which is bisolamiriam.com forward slash becoming BN. bisolamiriam.com forward slash becoming BN. Just simply visit that website, solidarize with what we're doing, and of course, every contribution, every donation would make it possible for us to donate copies of this book to specific African communities and American institutions where there are African students. And I hope that you do this for now, for tomorrow, and for the future. Thank you, and abundance is here. Bye.